Hello, Poppers. This is Kaylee here, and right next to me is Lulu Bell. Hi, Poppers. We are on day two of our Phoenix Film Festival coverage, and we started off bright and early uh, with a fantastic, moving, infuriating, actually, a documentary. It's called Since the Bombing of Pan Am Flight 103. It was directed by Phil Fury, who uh, said he has worked in journalism for many years. And it basically chronicles the families who lost, most of them sons or daughters, uh, maybe even you know sisters, brothers, on that horrific bombing in 1998 of the Pan Am flight that went down over Lockerbie, Scotland, and it killed 270 people. And as far as my knowledge goes, this is the first time an attack of this nature, of this magnitude, had happened um, well before 9-11, which all of us are now very familiar with. And the story needed to be told, really. I, I had not heard about it. Granted, I was very young when it happened. But even as I got older and the events kept folding throughout the decades, I, I never came across it. Yeah, because this, uh, the, the feeling that the documentary gave was that basically this was a horrible thing that happened. It was a terrorist attack, but the, everyone seemed to put it in the back burner. Like, it wasn't as important as other things um, that were happening during that time. And even as uh, other events unfolded and evidence came to light, it still didn't seem to be put to the forefront, at least in the news um, as it should have been. And there's this wonderful line in the story where they show us a bit of what happened right after 9-11 with uh, George Bush Jr. Uh, saying what was going to happen, what they were going to do. And one of the, uh, the, the parents of, of one of the children that died in the flight said they saw 9-11 as a... What was it? Almost like a, you know, a wake up call. A wake up call. As a wake up call, and he, uh, he then said, "No, Pan Am should have been the the wake up call. Correct. What George, happened to my children should have been the wake up call. Right. George Bush said that it was a wake up call, and the parents said that no, the Pan Am flight was a wake up call. Just to be clear on who said what, but yeah, it was. It's almost frightening to think that even after the Pan Am flight, very little security measures were ever installed with in our flight systems that really what we're experiencing now we had to have another horrific attack on so many innocent people worse than Pan Am in many ways because so many people lost their lives but one of the parents alluded to the fact that you know if even just a fraction of what they were demanding had been implemented as far as security measures perhaps some of that damage could have been mitigated or even possibly you know stopped Right, because if you notice before 9-11, the security measures in airports, they were left to the airlines themselves to provide that security measure, whereas now it's the government that has taken over. And uh, like the parents said, if they have had listened to us beforehand, maybe we could have somehow mitigated the blow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, the, the documentary was very, it was well done. It was kind of started back in uh, 2005, I believe, uh, Phil Fury said. So this was a long unfolding process. And of course, over the years, that they finally got one, 
one of the perpetrators behind bars, and then the Who whole... Who was subsequently released. Yes, and then the whole Gaddafi and Libya being welcomed back into the community because they, they found out the perpetrators were from Libya. They were Libyan descent. And then, of course, uh, the toppling of the Libyan Gaddafi regime and all that fallout. So um, thematically, as the story progressed, it started off as a story that focusing on the victims and the fallout of what had happened. But as those events were happening in real time, the, the plot changed from focus on the victims and the family to the wider scope of terrorism, the idea of justice being able to, you can buy it. Because um, essentially that's was a, the, the big caveat was that the terrorist was released so the UK and the US and other countries could drill for Libyan oil. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, in that way, the, the, the whole package was very good. I think everybody should see this documentary, but it got a little bit convoluted in the direction it was going. I felt that it could have been woven together maybe a bit tighter. But I still would highly recommend everyone see this. Yeah, same here. I think it's it's a must-see for everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, the second documentary we saw was much more uplifting. Um, it's actually uh, an Arizona uh, entry, uh, filmed completely here in Arizona, about a young young man now, young man. <laughs> young man now. He was a young teen uh, when they started filming this. And the film's called Carry On, Finding Hope in the Canyon. And it's about uh, Anthony Castle, who has Duchenne muscular dystrophy, and about his incredible just desire to live, to not let things stop him or get him down. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to hike to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and put his feet in the Colorado River. So it was about his journey, about preparing that. Um, and it was very uplifting. However, I thought it was a bit bit lacking the fact that he never actually narrated any of his story. Right. It's supposed to be about his journey going through all of this and getting to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, but we're told his story through someone else's voice, which is something I did not really like. We actually got to see him inside the theater after the showing, and he's articulate, he seems to have a good sense of humor, so we missed that entirely in the documentary itself because it was everyone else around him talking about this adventure that they were going to go on, uh, the process of getting everything together to go to the Grand Canyon, and it was mostly focused on his mother, who was basically the main narrator of the whole story. Uh, We get uh, her audio over um, these images and over video of her journal entries. And she's basically the one that describes everything. I mean, she describes the disease that he has. She describes the whole process of of the thinking of what are we going to do, of how they made the whole event come together, how they got the volunteers to come together, which really I think should have been his, I'm talking about Anthony, really should have been Anthony telling us this is how my life is and this is what I want to do with it, Mm -hmm. which we didn't get. And I think that is a very uh, directorial decision 
So I, I like the story. I like that it's uplifting. I like the message that it gives. I just did not like how they executed the whole thing. Yeah, and it wasn't, I mean, it was his mom mostly, but there's also his father, his brother, the volunteers. Everybody got a voice except for Anthony, and I'm, I'm not sure why that was. I, I don't know if there was something else behind the scenes that they just didn't reveal, but it was, you know, it, it took away something from the story because uh, I kept going, well, you know, why did why did he speak? did he pass away or you know like I was wondering why he was not given a chance to voice his thoughts right that's uh, I automatically thought that uh, about halfway into it where he gets hardly any dialogue in the whole thing that I I automatically thought oh maybe he maybe he already passed away and that's why but it was that's hard for them to wouldn't make sense because he was yeah. there when they were filming so I don't know and also the the odd point was that they also had like a professional narrator uh, uh Jen Carroll who you might have heard she's done a lot of entertainment weekly and many other newscasts so it's like you had this professional newscaster voice in there too and that kind of clashed because it was it was clashing with the style of the film which was a very narrative and a very personal journey and then you're giving it this professional overtone that it just it didn't need Mm -mm. it was totally unnecessary uh, I mean, you could probably could have even just done overlay with uh, poss- possibly text. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, that, that leads to all of their interests. So overall, though, still a very good film, very uplifting and great for for the community, of the disability, the, the, the community uh, who have disabilities. Uh, just to show that you can achieve so much. And it was great to see there was actually several young kids, you know, in wheelchairs or, you know, who had disabilities in the audience. And I think mm-hmm. that was great for them yeah, to see. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's a great inspirational film to get those kids who feel like they have nothing to live for mm-hmm. and you, and learn from it and see that they can do what they want. It'll be much harder, but they can do it. Amen to that. Well, that's it for this segment. We will be checking back in later with our other films that we see today. Yeah, stay tuned.